Welcome into another edition of the Mean Street Podcast. I'm William Galloway, joined with Britt Johnson, who's currently checking his fantasy team because we're recording on Sunday afternoon. And Britton, uh, I hope you pay as much attention to the scouting detail. Uh, and I, it is evident that you do, as you were 5-5 five five from the field on Saturday versus Bellhaven. And Sanford is 3-0, and um, averaging 93 points a game. Welcome into another episode of the podcast. How's your fantasy team doing and how are you doing? Well, I, I know my close friends would know this, but it's been a rough season for the squad this year. Um, luckily, I'm in another league and I'm, I'm better in that league. But my main league, which I've been in since I was in eighth grade, it's been a little tough. Good week for the Bulldogs, though, and, and good week for the Tides. So uh, that's the good news. Um, and, you know, I, I'll, I'll humble myself a little bit. You said five for five. I was four for four. So let's not go too far with uh, this this performance on Saturday. But it was uh, three great runs for us this week. Um, and we'll get into it, but a couple of great wins for Alabama as well in both basketball and football. Yeah, so we're going to chat with head coach of the Sanford Bulldogs, Bucky McMillan, here on the podcast in just a minute. We're excited to have him on and share a little bit about what's happened so far this season, talk about what's to come in non-conference play, preparing for conference play, and obviously what uh, Sanford needs to do in order to be successful to find themselves in the best position going into the tournament in Asheville, North Carolina, at the beginning of March. So, Britton, uh, give me two quick observations you've seen from being inside the locker room in these first three games. Two quick observations and then one uh, aspiration as we uh, – and we'll talk a little bit about this in the interview – but as we move forward and get ready to continue the season but build in the non-conference. Um, put me on the spot a little bit here. I'd say the first is that, man, I just I love this team. And, you know, it, we have so much depth and – it's very easy when you have a lot of depth and some guys get the minutes they want. Some guys don't, you'll never be, a, you'll never see a player that thinks he's getting too many minutes. You know, everyone's always wanting more and more minutes, but, but the way this group is just so about each other and um, is so selfless, like we celebrate each other's success so well. Um, that's been really fun to see so far. Usually the first few games, um, whether or not they're going well, whether or not you're winning or losing, um, usually it's the first loss that'll really chop teams down. So I guess we haven't faced that adversity yet. But early in the season, it's really easy a lot of times for guys to start uh, breaking away from the team for one reason or another, whether it's because they're not getting the miss they want, they don't like how they're being coached, they they aren't getting along well with their teammates. And, and there's just none of that with this team. I mean, we're all about each other. There's no ego. So I love that. Um, and then... I mean, I, I know depth was the first answer. Depth is going to be the second answer and just that we have a lot of guys that can go and that can play. And so uh, three games, I think in each of those games, we've had guys step up uh, in different situations. So we probably had, you could point to legitimately, I mean, we had 20 people play in this last game, 20 people set foot on this court. You look at the box score of the game, it's ridiculous. But um, I mean, so many guys that have had their moments just in this first week and I know that's going to continue. So uh, I'd say those are the two things that we've done well. And one thing we're going to get better at and just keep working on, um, man, honestly, kind of every area of the game. Like it, it, I was talking about it uh, with one of my teammates, uh, Daniel Loback, uh, either yesterday or the day before. And just that there is no team in America that thinks they're a finished product yet. And if they there is one, then they probably suck. Like if you think that you've kind of figured it out yet, you might be one of the worst teams in the country. Because every team, you know, Alabama won by 35 against Liberty, and, and they're going to feel really good about that. They showed that is a phenomenal win. 
but you're gonna look on tape and there are gonna be a lot of areas where like we still have a long way to go every team recognizes that so i think that's the beauty of the early part of the season um so that's kind of what i say for our aspiration if you will yeah and you talked about celebrating others and being happy for other successes one thing i noticed yesterday and uh, I was checking Twitter. I've got Bucky's tweet notifications on. I've got Sanford men's basketball tweet notifications on, et cetera, et cetera. But he was retweeting the football championship tweet from Sanford winning the SoCon yeah. yesterday before he retweeted the final score. How about them or Bulldogs? Com- or complimented his own guys. And so that just kind of talks about the culture uh, that he's building and establishes, not just basketball, but celebrating success campus-wide. Speaking of Coach Bucky McMillan, let's bring him in now on the Main Streets podcast. Here's Bucky McMillan, William Galloway, and Britton Johnson on the Main Streets podcast. No doubt, buddy. Glad to be on here with y'all. All right, so averaging 93 points a game through the first three games, uh, passing that 100-point mark in the first game versus Anderson, what are your preliminary thoughts on what you've been able to accomplish so far, and what have you learned about your team through three games this season? Well, it's been good. You know, we, we had two good scrimmages versus, versus two pretty good squads and we got better there um they were division one opponents we uh played these three games and you know really all you're really trying to do is patch holes in your team and get better I mean that's you know I know it's just sound repetitive from any coach right now but um I know we were a lot better in our third game than we were our first two games you know and um it doesn't really matter the opponent you know are we trending in the right direction what we're trying to accomplish so oh first game went about as expected second game I thought we played awful the first half um I just really did not like how we played in any facet um got beat off the dribble significantly now I thought our guys they got away from what made them good in the first game and what made us good last year which was by the end of the year really sharing the basketball and um so it was good you know when that happens and you find yourself pretty much in an even game with a team that you're better than at halftime, uh, you learn from it, you know, and that's what you're trying to do this time of year. You know, the, the season is about how you're playing at the end of the year. All this is practice for that. My teams have never been the best at the start of the year, uh, but I think we're going to be able to always tighten our guys up and, uh, you know, coach them up. And I think we'll get significantly better every game. Britton, what have you seen and uh, what coaches talked about in the locker room and practice over this first week of what's happened so far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, having played for Coach Buck in high school, it's something that I'm a little bit used to uh, or very used to. But just seeing how the focus is on us and not on the other teams, uh, you know, there's not necessarily a right or wrong way to do it. These last four years, the way we scout was just completely different than here. But I've so enjoyed that it's because we dictate every facet of the game, right? So we're making teams react to us and we're not reacting to them. So it's not as much of yeah, I mean, yes, we need to know their sets and who their players are, and and we do take time to focus on it. But at the end of the day, they're gonna they're gonna react to us. And then something that I've already seen in this team, and obviously the Spring Hill game was the roughest of the three, um, in a lot of respects, especially that first half. But we've already shown an ability to win games, kind of three different ways. I feel like each three of those games kind of went a different style, was played a different way, and you know the great teams they can't just win a game one way we have to show an ability to win a game pretty much every way uh I know coach Bucky one thing he preaches is you have to be able to win a game in the 50s 60s 70s 80s 90s etc and uh I mean you look at the three scores and we've kind of already shown that in some respects 
Yeah, Bucky, talk about how you're able to do that. And obviously uh, may not be able into conference play to eclipse the 100-point mark. That's, you know, a goal potentially uh, in in playing your best basketball, being hardworking, unselfish, and fearless. Um, But talk about offensively your approach to trying to get, uh, you know, scoring, averaging in the 80s, 90s, and and pace of play, how you want to be one of the fastest teams in the country. Yeah, you know, you in our league actually is. You know, we won a game last year, 199, uh, and we won a game maybe as low as the 50s once. But you know, preferably, I like to play up and down, and play a style that exhausts your players in ways so that there's a lot of possessions. You know, I mean, if you play and there's 105 offense, offensive possessions, and there's nearly 200 possessions in a game. That's significantly different than a game that has 120 possessions and, you know, 60 offensive possessions in the game. And so what does that mean? That means that you can use your depth. Players are getting up and down. It's kind of like they can bond like a game and a half into one. I think it's great for morale. I think it's great because you're an attacking team. I think it's great because it's fan friendly. And um, I think it's great for recruiting. But I also think it's great just for player development. You know, the more opportunities you get, uh, obviously the better you're you're going to become. And so that's kind of how I would like to play. And, you know, to do that, you need depth. And I think this group, what you'll find is I'm not married to a certain lineup or I'm not married to a certain player or players. You know, we have enough good players now that – Somebody may play 25 minutes one night and they may play five the next night. It, it doesn't matter to me. It's just going to be which guy's ready to go and, and which guy's playing optimal for that game. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll see that as we go out throughout the year. Sometimes someone may get five minutes. Sometimes they may get 20 minutes, sometimes more. And uh, that's just kind of how our style is. Everyone's going to have opportunities to step up at different times this season. So looking ahead, Bucky, you've got two, two games this week after uh, three games last week. You've got a four-game uh, home stretch starting on Sunday the 20th versus Texas Southern. But talk about the importance of this non-conference schedule and how you need to prepare for playing in the SOCON come the end of December and then January, February to build up to work towards uh, having the highest amount of success late in the regular season and then carrying that into the tournament in Asheville in early March. Well, I think BJ just said it. You know, we got to really focus on us and do what we can do to get better. You know, I've always coached that, particularly early in the season. I don't spend a lot of time prepping for other teams as much as I am like, hey, how are we going to get better? Because sometimes you can prep so much for other teams, you never get good at what you're trying to do, you know. And so I think that's going to be very important, focusing on us. Now, we're going to have great opportunities and great challenges because – we're about to go through a gauntlet here. You know, we're going to play any Division One school on the road is a tough game. Uh, so we're going to go to Alabama A&M, who they played us tight last year, and they beat us the year before. You know, in-state kind of matchup rivalry type deal. Uh, you know, right after that, we're going to play two bat- games versus Valpo, who's a really good t- uh, program, as we know. And then we're going to play La Tech, who was right there to win Conference USA, and many have picked to potentially be a tournament team. So we do that. We, we head right up to play DePaul and then Central Florida, who just beat Florida State. We got to play Texas Southern um, right before, excuse me, right after Alabama State. We play Texas Southern and Texas Southern last night just beat Arizona State. So, you know, it's a, it's a good schedule and we will be tested and we'll also be tested for different styles. 
in our league, if those are familiar with the Southern Conference, they understand that there's a lot of different styles in our league. And to be successful, you got to be able to play against teams that, hey, want to grind you out, want to power you, overpower you. Then you got to play against the teams that want to shoot a lot of threes and finesse you. So I think our non-conference is going to do a, do a lot for us getting ready to head into our conference play. So, Britton, when you yeah, Britton. were in uh, Tuscaloosa, you had a start of a season, the COVID year, where you were three and four, and then you went on to have a tremendous run uh, winning the SEC regular season, winning the SEC tournament. What are you telling your teammates in terms of not getting too high and not getting too low in wanting to be successful in this non-conference slate as you build towards conference play? Well, I mean, I think it's the case with really most, if not all, successful teams that it's not a it's not a focus on results so much as a focus on process. I know uh, this is core to what Coach Bucky preaches just about his system is that, you know, again, he said it, it's like it's about us. And so – we don't play to the scoreboard. We play to, to the standard of the standard of what we're doing. And so um, there could be a game where we play to that standard and we play against a good team that makes every single contested three that night. And we miss every wide open three that night and we lose. And then the next night we could play the worst game of the season, have 20 turnovers and somehow find a way to win. And obviously there's value in finding ways to win at the end of these games. I'm not taking away from that, but it is to say that there's something to be said about playing to the standard. And uh, that's what's going to prepare you for the postseason, because especially in a league like the SoCon, as good as it is, and it's a one big one bid league, you know, for the most part. And so it's something that you can have what you can do whatever you want in the uh, non-con, but at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what you do in March. And so, um, is preparing us for that both in the opponents and in the way we've scheduled them. Uh, you look at kind of, you know, we're playing four games in a week, three games in a week, and all of that's preparing us for this stretch that's going to come in March where we play three, four days in a row, hopefully, you know, as we keep advancing. Um, and so I think all of us just stylistically, schedule-wise, all of us just preparing us really well for March. Yeah, Bucky, talk about the home game stretch you've got, obviously at AM first on Thursday night, but then a four-game home stretch. The crowd has been phenomenal. The students have been great. What has impressed you so much about the home environment you've been able to bring in the Pete in these first three games, and what's your message to the students, the fans, and the community of Birmingham to come out and support you um, in this four-game stretch starting on Sunday? Well, our, our fans have been awesome. I'm going to actually speak to a couple of fraternities tonight, mainly just to thank them. They've just been just really great. And, um, you know, they kind of picked up right where they left off last year. I tell those guys, you know, I, I, I talk to them on a regular basis and talk to them as a group on a regular basis that they really are not just supporting our team. They're a part of our team, you know, and that's how I really feel. Like they can have just the biggest Im impact on our success as I can. I can do all I want to to go recruit good players, but if they, they don't think basketball is important at that school, it's going to be hard to recruit good players. But when we come out um, and we're playing a non-Division one game, first game of the season, and, you know, that, that place is jammed out, you know, recruits will come to that and they'll say, hey, you know, these guys care about it over here. And we want that to continue, obviously, and, and I'm sure it will. <laughs> For Birmingham – you like basketball and we all know that hey people start really rallying around basketball more january in alabama because obviously football so heavy but um sometimes it starts a little bit earlier if, if you know alabama and auburn are out of the bcs race 
But, you know, again, you have Texas Southern coming in here next Sunday. That was an in-state tournament team last year, and they're projected to be an in-state tournament team this year. Um, you know, La Tech, like I mentioned, and Valpo right there, that's three games in about four or five days, right around the holidays. That's just going to be really good basketball. Uh, so I'd, I'd encourage everyone to come out. People that don't know our league, I think when they come to the games, they're shocked. They're shocked how good the play is. You know, our league has been a top 10 league or right at it the past couple years in the country, a 32 leagues. So it's, it's a great league, but it's got phenomenal basketball. You know, it's six of the top 12 teams in the country and three-pointers made per game. We're in our league. So it's exciting basketball. And um, that's why you see the success of the teams in our league when they go play a lot of the Power 5 schools. They do very well. And, um, you know, I think that's going to continue. And so we want to just continue to do our part and get better and better and play well in that Southern Conference. Well, Bucky, I may have taken it too literally when you said the the fans and the students and uh, the people that support the program, you know, Birmingham community members like myself are a part of the team. I was sitting on the floor with uh, David Faulkner and Cobb Hagen and uh, Jaden Campbell on, uh, I think it was Tuesday night was, uh, no, excuse me, Thursday night versus Spring Hill was chasing a ball out of bounds. And I was a little bit too fast to reach up and grab it. And uh, so I, I took that a little bit too literally in that you said we're part of the program. So you might need to tell everybody that sits on the floor, to, um, including myself, to put the uh, put our hands, you know, under our legs so we're not <laughs> reaching out trying to shoot some threes or get too involved in the game. So I apologize for that, um, forcing a turnover there. But anyways, I, I want to open the floor to you for any final comments uh, and anything you want to say here on this podcast. We appreciate you taking the time to join us. Well, first, just that I appreciate you, dude. You have been a part of my team for a long time. And, um, you know, those that are listening that don't know Willie G, he was destined for success ever since I've known him. And uh, um, it's just awesome seeing you, man. I'm just so happy for how you are developing. Um, You're also sitting here with Britton, who I've known since he was in the second grade. You know, you didn't mention on this one here, Britton came in last game. You know, he had 10 points in about eight or nine minutes and uh, took two charges, got a loose ball that I don't know if anybody anybody else on our team would have got, you know. Um, but, you know, B.J. got here. He fought off a little sickness, hadn't shot it as well as he normally does in practice, but he's kind of getting out of that right now. But um, I'm really happy B.J.'s with us, and I'm really looking forward to him continuing to do good things for us. But uh, – my message to everybody is this. There's a lot of great basketball going on right now. You know, I looked the other night, Alabama had a good win. Auburn looks like they're doing well. The, you know, the other teams in the state should be pretty good as well. Um, we got our team right here in Birmingham, and it's a real close drive. And I think that that you can support Alabama, you can support Auburn, you can support Sanford, you can support UAB, and UAB is going to have a great year. And um, so I think it's a really exciting time for basketball in our state. Um, I always grew up an Alabama fan, but I support all the basketball programs here. And I think one of the things that you see sometimes in Alabama, because it's such a rivalry state with everybody, um, that we don't sit, sit back to acknowledge the success of other programs and how that drives the price up for every program in the state. And you look at what Andy Kennedy's done, what uh, Nate's done, and what Bruce has done 
Um, and I, I like to think the direction we're headed is just going to make basketball continue to, to rise. And I think whether you're an Alabama fan, a Sanford fan, Auburn fan, but we all got to kind of take our hats off and say, hey, great job to everybody for making this game that I love and I know y'all love um, reach kind of new heights as we move forward in this state. So that's great to see. That's what I would say to everybody is, even though I'm I, I, I pulling for my Sanford Bulldogs and I may have been had an allegiance to certain teams or in the state growing up, um, hats off. I would always say, say, that, say that to everybody. War Eagle, Roll Tide, go, go Blazers, go Bulldogs, right down the line with every team. Uh, let's just keep building this and let's make basketball in Alabama as good as you can find. And um, that's going to be fun to do. You know, I, I speak for both uh, Willie G and myself and saying we appreciate the kind words and we appreciate you for joining us today. And, and something we preach as well is just, you know, just building up basketball in the state of Alabama. So I, I love you kind of ending on that note. So I uh, appreciate it, Coach. All right, guys. I'll see you all. Great conversation with Coach McMillan there. Looking forward to this week's games. Thursday at Alabama A&M. You can stream that one on YouTube. And then Sunday back at home at the Pete, 2 o'clock on ESPN Plus if you can't make it to the game. That game on Sunday is the start of a four-game home streak before we get into a road series of games uh, throughout late November and then December. And then conference play will start up on December 28th. That's a Wednesday at home versus Mercer. So, Britton, uh, I'll let you kind of close out things here as we talk Sanford hoops, and then let's jump real fast into your quick analysis from college football this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I, I know you kind of uh, brushed on it earlier, just talking about Sanford in general, but, like, uh, I mean, it, I feel so fortunate from walking out of a situation that we, we called ourselves a championship school and wa walking into another situation in which I, I think Sanford is a championship school. You look at the SoCon and um, not just in one sport or another, but across the board, it's like just just highly successful people and teams. And uh, it's so fun to be a part of, like you said, Sanford football claiming regular season championship on Saturday. Uh, just phenomenal. I mean, their only loss in the year is against Georgia, who, as much as I hate to say it, would probably beat Alabama this year. So, like, I mean, that's that's a that's a high bar. Um, just a really, really strong squad. I know, you know, uh, the cross country team won. like you just go down the line. Soccer. It's like soccer one. It's like every, every team seems to have great success and, and it's just so fun to be around that. Uh, it really is contagious. Uh, it's not to say that like, oh, you're just around the soccer team who wins and all of a sudden you're gonna start winning games, but it's just, it, it feels like there's this buildup and, um, you know, hopefully we can add to that and, and just uh, build that culture up even more. So uh, we got a long way to go, but I think we got a great season ahead. Speaking of great seasons, the Alabama Crimson Tide football team. If you're new to this podcast, we talk a little bit of football here for just a, a few brief minutes at the end. So we hope you'll uh, stay on and talk with us. Britton and I both are University of Alabama graduates. Uh, Britton is, is a master's graduate. I will be a mm -hmm. master's graduate in May, pending all goes well. So we talk for the, about the Crimson Tide football team, uh, and we mix in some Alabama basketball as well. So thank you for listening to our Sanford portion. We're going to talk for just two or three minutes here Britain uh, Alabama beat Ole Miss but two lost team on the season will probably move up to seven or eight in the college football playoff poll the Crimson Tide will probably jump Oregon Oregon might fall out of the top 10 but for the most part the top the top 10 teams found success had a good weekend you were on the court what was your 
view after 4 p.m. on Saturday, watching the Crimson Tide and getting that second half comeback versus Ole Miss. Yes, I mean, you were in Oxford, and I'm sure you can speak on that a little bit. Um, I missed the entire first half. Uh, Got to see the majority of the second half. Um, Watched it at my friend Thomas Bugg's house. Um, From the moment I walked in the door, it was 24-17. They had just, Ole Miss had just scored a touchdown when I walked in. We played some really dang good football, and it was really fun to watch, Um, imperfect as it may be. I mean, obviously, Jokins had a big run late that scared the daylights out of me. Um, Bryce Young is maybe the best player to ever wear an Alabama uniform. He is, easily. And I I know we've been preaching this kind of all season, but I just – I never want to take him for granted. Like, the stuff he does that just is so routine to him is just – it's unbelievable. Like the the touchdown he threw to um to Corey Brooks in I believe late third quarter, um where he scrambled out of the pocket, made a dude miss, and threw just the most perfect pass you could throw there. Um, and it was just like yeah, that's just Bryce being Bryce. Like it just didn't seem like a crazy throw, but if anybody else makes that, that's their Heisman moment, you know. So it's just like it's unbelievable what he does in a week in week out basis. And here's my uh, hot take I will throw out there. I don't even know if to take. I don't even know if I fully believe it. But I've just talked myself into believing that Alabama is not fully out of it. And I think I'm wrong. And you please are, convince me I'm wrong. Yeah, because she's going to the LSU's going to the SEC championship. Yeah, okay, yes, yes. Alabama's not going to be going to the, to Atlanta. 100%. I'm with you. There is a path. Is all I'm saying. And there's, this is there is no path. There is look. Look, let's start with this. TCU doesn't win the Big 12. Big 12's done. There's no Big 12 representative. They, they had their shot to lose, and Texas couldn't do it. Baylor's Baylor's on the schedule. They still got a Big 12 championship to play. USC loses. There's no one-loss team in the Pac-12. That's two conferences gone. So all of a sudden, if Clemson can fumble a game, which I don't think that's a very good Clemson team. I don't think the committee's convinced it's a very good Clemson team. Now you're in a situation where it's going to be Georgia, the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game, assuming they win the Big Ten. Tennessee at the three. And then there will be a real conversation between the loser of the Ohio State-Michigan game and a two-loss Alabama team that lost two top ten road games on a walk-off play by a combined four points. And I think, especially if it's Michigan with their terrible non-conference schedule, it will be a conversation. I'm not saying that they're going to pick Alabama. I'm saying it will be a conversation, especially if Ohio State handles them. It all goes back to most deserving or best four. Alabama is not one of the best four teams in college football. Alabama is one of the best eight teams in college football. Yeah. They're not one of the best four. I'm not even necessarily arguing that. But I think that part of it is the Alabama fans, and I'm including myself in this, like as much as anybody else, have built up such a standard for Alabama football that when we lose two games by that slim of margins, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we suck. And I don't know if that's the case either. Like, there's usually middle ground to be found. Um, but I will say this, and I don't know if this, there's any truth to this, but because it's human, humans picking this, it's not a machine picking this, there is a human side to the argument to be made. And I believe that at the end of the day, if there is a money matchup, who does the committee want to see? And this is, again, a lot of things got to fall our way before we get to this point. Would they want to see Georgia, Michigan, which they saw last year? They saw it last year. It wasn't fun. It was a beatdown. Or would they want to see Georgia versus Bryce Young part three? 
Because I think everyone's thinking Georgia's probably going to walk in and win another national title at this point. I mean, listen, Alabama outscored Georgia in two games last year. Point total, Alabama was like plus two or plus three. So I'm just going to throw that. So, out there so that, well. that's my two cents on this. And I'm, I look, I am saying this, not even fully committed to it being a thing. I, I think I'm probably wrong, but I, I, I thought I'd at least throw it out there uh, before we get to a, a quick little Alabama basketball portion. Would you like to chip in anything from your Oxford experience? Uh, great time in Oxford. Great city. Great school. Um, definitely could have seen myself there in another world, but that is neither here nor there. Quick analysis as we are getting heckled uh, by <laughs> our, our not soundproof uh, broadcast podcast studio. Alabama basketball undefeated. Huge win Friday night over Liberty and started off the season uh, in a very, very strong win versus Longwood. Have you talked to those guys and what have you seen out of Tuscaloosa and Nate Oates? Yeah, I mean, I've gotten to talk to a few of them. Um, Longwood was a good win to start the season. I I believe Longwood was in the tournament last year, so uh, you can never take a game like that for granted. And then Liberty is like a really good team, like a really good team. I, I was a little bit concerned they were going to lose that game. Not to downplay how good I think Alabama is or could be, but Liberty's one of, if not the best mid-major team in America. And so for Alabama to handle them by 35 was was a great, great win. I don't think I can say that enough. That was that might be the win of the year so far in college basketball. Um I think, and obviously it was home, so you could throw like you can throw all these factors in there. But I think it was just such a good win. And, and one thing I love about this team that I mean, the the spies that I've hidden deep within the program, as John Roth's team would say, um, that I've talked to all off season, that they've kind of just pointed out over and over again is how long and athletic this team is. And it's something we missed last year. There was a there was a hard cap, hard ceiling to how good we could be defensively because we just lacked length and size on the floor at all times. And I, I'm I'd say to an extent athleticism as well, uh, but mostly length and size. There is no lacking in that area this year. And and so because um, you have guys that are, are so tall and long and athletic, um, it just it makes it so much easier to be a great defensive team. And you're seeing just that kind of come into fruition early on in the year, the way they're impacting shots around the rim, the way they're just making shots hard and passes hard on teams. It's like, it's really impressive to see. I know uh, even, again, in the Liberty game, I think Darius Miles and uh, Dom Welch were out. Um, so the team's only going to get better. So I think the sky's the limit for this team. Great start for them. And I know they got uh, a, a big, daunting non-conference ahead. So, uh, But great start. Absolutely. Great start for Alabama men's basketball. Great start for Sanford basketball combined 5-0. and As Coach Bucky talked about, a lot of great basketball going on in this state. I want to point out, too, you had a uh, – Samford home game. You had an Auburn home game and you had an Alabama home game all on the same night. Auburn sold out because it's a pretty small arena. Samford <laughs> had a record number of students attend. I think there were nearly 2,400 people there. No, 29. Near, nearly 3,000 people. I, I'm getting my numbers confused. Um looking at football statistics all afternoon and then thinking about attendance numbers. Nearly 3,000 people were in the Pete Hanna Center on Monday. Then you had Alabama playing at the same time. And so there was a great amount of support. I think there were 2,000 students is where I was getting that 2,100. Nearly 2,000 students at the game on Monday. So lots of great support, lots of great things going on in the state football. 
and basketball-wise. Britton, as always, you've got the last word here on the Main Streets podcast. Yeah, like you said, great start to the year. Uh, yeah, if we're going to make a theme out of this podcast, it's just what a time to be a fan of basketball in the state of Alabama. Um, and I know we've said it kind of a few times. Um, that was a voice crack. But it's something that I believe will be a continuing theme over the next – this year especially and then the next few years. So, um as maybe this is probably not the football season that Alabama and Auburn fans would have hoped for. Obviously, like we said earlier, this is the football season Stanford fans would have hoped for. Um, I don't know. It depends on how, I guess, Auburn fans view football success these days because they were swag surfing after the game. So maybe that's a successful season. I don't know. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Um, it seems that this is going to be just a very fun basketball season in the state of Alabama. So a lot to look forward to. Roll Tide. Go Bulldogs. Go Bulldogs.